a fling, bitch. Bling, bling, bitch. Do my own thing, bitch. Fuck a wedding, bring that ding a ling. Was just a fling, bitch. Wake up, little bitches. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 597 with a review of Banana Split. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a streaming service near you. Uh, <laughs> we are here. Uh, we're talking about a little film called Banana Split, uh, which is now available. We rented it from iTunes? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it's available right now to rent on iTunes. Um, seems to be getting some good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Figured... Why not, amidst the uh, pandemic that we're all living through, why not listen to, like, uh, or why not watch a feel-good comedy about people becoming friends, even though they both dated the same person? And apparently, I was looking, this is one of those movies, kind of like we talked about with Tribeca, how there were movies that just kind of disappeared forever after you watched them. This is a movie that premiered at, I think, the L.A. Film Festival in, like, 2018. Oh, really? And it's just been kind of sitting... It's been skating through a few festivals, but it's basically spent the better part of, like, a year and a half to two years just kind of waiting for distribution. So, it's nice that it finally saw the light. Like, eventually, (laughs) these movies do come out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, all all it took was a world-ending pandemic. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to talk about it. We're not going to waste any more time uh, leading into the film. We're just going to jump right in. We're going to play the trailer for Banana Split, and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. Do you want to buy my corned beef sandwich? Uh-oh. You don't like my sandwiches, my music? I don't think that's how friends work. Maybe we shouldn't be anymore. We shouldn't be friends? You do the same thing you've been saying. We're not even brought you food afterwards and you didn't even say thank you. Let's, Come on. This is cliche. Smile. April, have your salmon. I'm not hungry. Mom, she's allowed to be depressed. Thank you. No one as good as Nick will ever love her again. Where did this Clara girl come from anyway? She's here. How come I never heard of her? She's like moved here, so I'm just showing her around. And you thought, before I show her the Chinese theater, she should see Nick's penis? Hi. You're April. Uh Uh-huh. Do you want to go do a shot? Why are you being so nice to me? I want a reason to give you a black eye. God, your eyes are pretty. What about when he grabs your boob like a tightly sealed jar? What about when he refers to his dick as a Quidditch stick? He hasn't done that with me. I think we should make some rules. I concur. First rule, no talking about Nick. Second rule, no telling Nick. Are you going to tell him? Are you a rat? Benjamin, do you want to know what happens to rats? They get shanked in their sleep. They get their carbon monoxide detectors disabled. Yeah. You guys are perfect for each other, you know that? You're my best friend. You're my best friend. I think about you all the time. You've exhibited very little personal growth. Who are you rebounding with? It's just like this girl. Oh. Alright, so that was the trailer for Banana Split. Uh, it is about a girl who's dating a boy 
they break up and now that boy has a new girl in his life and she's starting to get panicked not liking uh, what's going on there and then by not such happenstance uh like runs into this girl at a party and they secretly start to become friends and it's sort of about the summer before everybody goes off to college and how this sort of strange not quite love triangle uh unfolds Stephen miller what did you think of banana split i thought this movie was perfectly nice but nothing particularly special so if if you were to only look at the movie itself, like the premise and just the the plot mechanics, this is a very kind of stereotypical twee movie. We've reviewed a lot of movies recently that would be stereotypical depending on the execution, right? Like Big Time Adolescence is one that we just recently talked about that was in the same wheelhouse kind of where it was a a story about high school, about growing up. And beat by beat, it seems like it would mostly just be exactly what you expect. Um in this case, it's a kind of quirky, twee, love-not-love story about high school romance and the friendship between two women that can kind of, like, supersede all that. Um, but I do think the the cast really does make it work much more than it has any right to. Uh, I really like Hannah Marks, who plays April. Um, I really like her voice and her point of view. She co-wrote this movie also, and I think it's pretty clear that this this movie is written for her character, like the way that she sees the world, the way that she jokes and talks about things. I, I really enjoyed that. I also do think the the people around her are really good. I liked uh, Nick, the ex-boyfriend, the like <laughs> impossible. He's at once, like you grew up in Southern California, so you probably remember these people who are like attractive, but also completely airheaded, or they seem like they shouldn't have any charisma that draws them to people. And yet, everyone is gathered around them at all times yeah um and he definitely just exudes that kind of energy dylan sprouse of uh sweet life with zach and cody and big daddy and a bunch of other stuff um i i I liked him i like his friend ben uh who is kind of like the more he's the more like prototypical he already is whoever he's going to be in college right like he has clearly carved out a like an identity and a kind of ironic sense of humor and everything for himself uh, Clara, the new girlfriend, who's kind of the, like, not impossibly cool, but the, like, impossibly comfortable with who she is person who has just moved in and is kind of, like, floats a little bit above all the drama that everyone else is talking through. I I enjoyed those pieces, but I do think that if I compare this to Big Time Adolescence, it this does not have that same ring of truth that that did. It has glimmers of it in moments. Like, I think the way... April and Clara talk to each other is very believable. I, I totally acknowledge as a guy, I just did not grow up with, you know, the friendship of, that two girls might share together. So maybe it just didn't ring as true to me as it would to other people. But yeah. there are things in this movie, like there's a precocious younger sister. There's the guy from the Spider-Man movies who works at the movie theater, who's kind <laughs> of like a little bit awkward to talk around her. There are, there are parties that are way more kind of raucous and stuff than I feel like actual high school parties would be every weekend. There's just a lot of stuff that feels more like the traditional high school coming of age movie and not like the personal, very specific movie that I was kind of expecting from a indie flick about these things. So 
I liked it. Like I, I thought it was totally sweet and enjoyable. That there was never a time that I was not like totally happy to be watching it. But at the end, I just kind of felt like it, it didn't do as much as I would have wanted it to. It didn't hit the kind of emotional punch that I thought it was going to pack. So nice, but kind of nothing, nothing to write home about. Yeah, it's kind of weird. This film, like, as I said in my description of it, it's sort of set in this time period right before people go off to college. But it's set there without ever consequently needing to deal with that. Like, yes, at the the beginning, a little bit of the backstory about why the initial couple breaks up. They, they break up for lots of reasons, but they are also about to go to different schools. But that doesn't seem to really come into anything. And it, and it feels a little bit weird that this isn't necessarily a story about we need to do something before we finally graduate high school. It's not about we need to fight over where we're going to go to school. It's not about all these things that that usually set in place this time period. Like going to high school and especially having relationships in high school, especially towards the end of high school, they mean a lot because you're going from a time where nothing in the world matters except for like, you have to go to high school to suddenly realizing that shit, we're about to graduate and we have a real life to go on to. And there's a lot of pressure and stuff that happens for just any individual who is in that situation. And this film doesn't care about any of that. And I don't know that that's a good thing um, because it feels like the film wants to bring up all this stuff about being in that period of time, but then does nothing with it. And then I think that these characters, like I'm, I'm more than happy to have fresh faces in a film. Like when we saw Booksmart, I wasn't really familiar with a lot of the people that were in Booksmart as far as like really thinking of them as like stars. But when you watch them, they exude this like, oh, I'm sure they've been in all all kinds of things before this movie because how could they not be like people who are already known for being very, very talented? And this film feels sort of the opposite. It feels like a bunch of people that you wouldn't have ever heard of and also you might not hear of them again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 it felt like a, it, it just something felt off the entire time I was watching this film and I just think that like in in from the beginning to end I I never really was charmed by it I was just sort of like okay cool this is fine like these characters are cool enough but I didn't I didn't I didn't buy the love of the guy like I didn't I didn't see outside of like his Sephiroth hair, <laughs> like, like whatever. Like I didn't really see him as being anything that these two women. Sometimes hair can be enough, Chris. Oh, I, I know. I, I, I remember all the television shows on like must see TV back in the day <laughs> and all the, all the, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas posters on all the walls of every girl that I went to school with. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, but but I don't I don't know there there was something that just felt lacking in this film, and it didn't it didn't have me with that uh, that smile that as you said like big time adolescence is a silly dumb movie but it somehow has this charm that really makes you smile and makes you really like want to root for characters in it and in this film I was kind of like okay so you both like the same rap song. <laughs> And and uh, you guys got drunk together one time and now you're best friends. But I never really saw what it was that drew these two people to each other 
or to the boy for that matter. So I, I don't know. I, I, when I, when I finished this film, I kind of just felt very bland and very neutral on it. Yeah. I see. I did feel like it, it brought up some of those feelings that you describe about the end of high school, the beginning of college. I do think it's kind of just a quiet hum in the background of this movie, which I kind of agree if it were louder, it would be better for it. But it is kind of implicit in all of this is like, how could two people be good friends and just ignore the fact that one is dating the person the other hasn't gotten over and is still in love with? Yeah. I, I think in the real world, that would not happen, even though that Julia Louis-Dreyfus movie made it sort of happen later <laughs> in Enough Said. But, you know, that, that was different. The re- the way it could work with this group of people is because they are on that cusp of things meaning something, but they're not there yet. Yeah. And I do think that is kind of uh, implied in the movie is the the fact that the reason Clara and April can have this tight friendship is because they all know that these relationships are impermanent. Like the the person you are dating in high school, you will almost definitely not be dating later. But the person you're friends with in high school, maybe, fingers crossed, that's going to survive, you know? So yeah. I, I did kind of feel that. And there were there were moments when they are just having a good time and talking and goofing off and driving to Palm Desert and doing all the things that they do that I did kind of feel, okay, they are, they're realizing without realizing that this is way more important than whatever romantic thing they think is going to be important right now. Yeah. So to, to me, it was there, but I, I wonder what a person who is closer to their age watching this movie would feel because I did kind of feel like this was conjuring up a lot of those feelings, but not serving it to you in a nostalgic platter the way that Big Time Adolescence did for me, where it was like, it let you in as an older person of like, here, remember what this was like. And this movie is very much just like, fly on the wall, we're going to have these people act out a summer, and then we're just going to trust that if it means something, you're going to feel that it means something and not yeah. really do anything else with it. I, I guess for me, like some of the stakes were missing because A, we know that one of the two girls is not planning on going to school at all. So there's no conflict that she could be sent off to some school on the other side of the country because she's just going to be around. And if she's not attending mm-hmm. school, then she can just come up and visit the other person whenever. Like the reason why long distance relationships can be hard is because you can't see each other all the time because you're going to separate schools in different like cities. So you can't just like in the evening drive up and be like, hey, we're going to hang out because you might have to do homework or you might need to be at school at 7 a.m. the next day. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it just, there was too much stuff where I was like, why are we even set in this time frame? Like, this could be mm. more adult people. Like, they could have already been in college and had a similar situation. And I feel like the other antic, like, it just needs to be set at this, at this time frame so that they can have the precocious younger sister who speaks way, way older than she should. And, and like, yeah, it, it would be so much better if they did not have that character. I really, every time they showed her, I was kind of cringing. Like, why are you, why are you doing the precocious sibling trope? Like we don't, we don't need it in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I do. It, it is interesting to think if they were college aged, how that would change the dynamic of the movie. I would, 
I would maybe find it a little less believable. I do think there's something about high school where you really can like boyfriend or girlfriend is like a status, a thing that you just you have and it means something to you, you know, at yeah, the yeah. time it means everything to you, but I think everyone just feels a little bit like this is no big deal and maybe in college that would last too, but I I don't know. I I kind of liked the the high school of it all. Like I liked um Ben is the the friend of all involved yeah, who yeah. is like not an object of romance for anyone involved and he's just kind of hanging out and he's going to school in Boulder so he's going like nowhere near anyone else and I I did think there was something kind of sweet about him like wanting them to come visit him and vice versa and like them planning what their life post post graduation is going to be um yeah I don't know it was, it was like a, a trifling small movie, but there were there were little things like that that I liked. But I do think overall they just they could have done a lot more with it. They could have focused more on April's feelings. I feel like they don't really give us time to feel sad on her behalf, and like we should be seeing her like coming to grips with the fact that she's leaving soon and feeling more and more desperate about it. Or we should see her like are pining for Nick more or feeling more jealousy. And instead that, that same self-awareness that I feel like big time adolescence, it helped it here. I think it has a little bit too much where like she is already going through this as if she were four years older and remembering that none of this really matters. And it kind of takes away the stakes in, in any moment in the movie. Yeah. I, I think I think for me there are little parts that that do work in those relationships. Like the first time that she sees the Instagram photo and like the other girl is tagged in it, then it's like, damn, he's tagging that girl already. Like, <laughs> like you you get yeah. you get her immediate reaction to that, right? Like you're like, okay, yeah, cool. we've we've all been there before. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I get exactly what you're feeling. And I think that once she's become friends with this other girl, the the moments when they are ditching each other's calls or they know that the other person is calling like that conflict actually does work for me like so so it's not like the entire film i was checked out and i didn't believe these relationships they were able to successfully bring me on board um during these little moments just as a whole i never understood the stakes of what these relationships were given all of their laissez-faire attitude towards um what was keeping them in the town and around the other people like it seems like she right she could have been better off. It's like half of why she misses Nick is because her new friend is dating Nick now, right? Like she's like she seems to be capable of improving on her own, but this other person that she has chose chosen to latch on to is like pulling her back, and she doesn't yeah. really come to grips with that in a way that like she doesn't self actualize in this film. I don't think. Um, yeah, and may- maybe as a as an adult, I I want or need more self actualization in the films that I watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I I I'm years enough away from the age where you never learn a lesson that like I feel like there needs to be a lesson learned. Um, yeah, but no, I I feel that it was funny that that Instagram scene where she's lurking and she's checking the tag. I was like genuinely terrified she was going to accidentally double tap and yeah. like it and then like that was just horrifying to me <laughs> which i mean just for the record double tap as a like gesture is the worst like dark pattern Terrible. in the existence of mankind 
Yep, it, it's terrible. The the only thing worse is having the story suddenly pop up and then you accidentally tap it and then you know that they know that you saw it and there's nothing you can do to be like, by the way, that was an accidental click. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I do think... Um, it's kind of interesting to compare this to Ingrid Goes West now that I think about it, where in, <laughs> in Ingrid, it's all about like wanting to be with the, the girl that you're jealous of, but kind of masquerading as being cooler than you are so you can fit in. And the lie in Ingrid Goes West is like who she really is, where here the lie is shared between both of them. And it's kind of not even a lie. It's the omission of information and it, I don't know. It, it's just, there's something about the stakes. Again, I, I also felt like when the phone is ringing, you do see that kind of tension and the desire to just like shove it away, but then you know it's going to come back at, yeah. at some point. But it just, yeah. There, yeah. It, it was a nice movie. It just never really added up to a whole lot. There, there is one really great scene where three people are sitting at a dining room table and they all get a call yep. one by one. <laughs> that, yeah. that was definitely my favorite scene where I was like, this is good. This is good. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, but yeah, should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give us a must-see, reckon with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, this one is a rental for me. I think, it, honestly, just by plot alone, it could have gone even lower, but I do think the cast really makes it work. Like, I, I do enjoy Hannah Marks quite a bit. I think her personality is enough to really like lift the movie up and make it at least feel like a very kind of singular look at uh, a couple months in the life of this person. So it's, it's a nice movie, but I don't, I don't think it is like really doing a whole lot. And I feel like they could have tapped into a lot more pathos if they, if they wanted to. So I didn't fully get what this movie is going for, but I do think the, the cast makes it totally enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to give it a pass with a caveat. Um, I also really enjoyed Hannah Marks in this film. I thought she was great, but she she feels to me a little bit like she's like Truman showing through this, where like she's the real character and everyone else around her is play acting to present the world to her. So it's like, she's great, but I feel like everybody else is just slightly stilted in a way that that leaves me unable to fully meld with what's going on. So there are enjoyable scenes um but aside from the lead i'm i'm not too keen on this film yep all right well that is our review of banana split not a fully split review but uh close enough <laughs> so. <Yeah>. <laughs> we're still one banana <laughs> just one ends a little browner than the other <laughs> uh. <laughs> i'm a little bit mushier than you are Oh, uh, but yeah, Stephen Miller. People want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me on twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Banana Split, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Um, but we will be back next week with 
something that's coming out on VOD. I, I think that uh, that Hugh Jackman movie by the guy that did Thoroughbreds is coming out either next week or the week after. That's the I'm one for that one with all the people. Bad education. I think I think I remember that was the one we almost saw at TIFF, right? We almost saw it at TIFF. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Then uh, we'll definitely, if that's available, have a review of that, and then maybe some other things. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. There's actually a lot of stuff streaming I've found, at least so far. All those like roundup lists of things to watch. There's kind of a ton of stuff. Yeah. I don't know if any of it's good, but but they're at least making lists. Yeah, I mean, we definitely had like at least five things we could potentially watch this weekend, and uh, yeah. we settled on these two: Bloodshot and Banana Split. So it's mm. our own fault. Only B movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.